Sagantosu, fresh off an excellent 3-0 victory against 3rd place FC Tokyo, followed up with a solid 1-1 draw against 5th place Marinos, see themselves go down 3-0 to a mid-table Sanfrees Hiroshima side. This week, the results make no sense. The table is a muddle as Belmare stay bottom yet remain in a much better position than second to bottom. And one of Japan's most successful exports, Kagawa Shinji, has his contract terminated. All this and a glance at Shikoku's impact on the J2 League in this week's Japan Soccer Weekly. Hello and welcome to another socially distanced episode of Japan Soccer Weekly. There was a big battle at the top of the table this week as second place Resto Osaka took on Kawasaki Frontale in an effort to keep the league competitive for at least a little while longer. Kawasaki have looked imperious this season, just running away with it week in week out, so neutrals watching the game will have all been rooting for the pink shirts of Sarezzo Osaka to beat Kawasaki in a hope that the gap at the top could just be shortened slightly. And dreams were smashed fairly early on. However, as Ayumi Seko unfortunately put the ball into the back of his own net. Dreams were back on the menu early in the second half again though, as in the 62nd minute, Okuno made things one apiece. And this was the way it stayed until seven minutes from time, when in the 83rd minute, Damiao gave Frontale the lead. Damiao is having a solid season so far, netting his 10th of the campaign. And you didn't have to wait long for his motivation to keep rolling, as less than a minute later, Mitoma added a Frontale's third goal of the game, giving the leaders a 3-1 away victory and a huge 14-point cushion over Cerezo, with just over a third of the season remaining. Cerezo actually dropped down to third place, but with two games in hand on FC Tokyo now in second, it looks likely that drop will only be temporary. Elsewhere on Saturday then, the second team in Osaka, uh, Osaka Gamba Osaka, not sure they'll like me calling them the second team, but you know what I mean, moved up to fifth place with a 2-0 victory against Kashima Antlers. Goals from Patrick and Watanabe in this match. That's four on the trot for Gamba now, who have a whopping four games in hand on the current second place FC Tokyo. Because of this staggered lead and the uh, league and the postponed matches this season, it's actually really difficult to keep track of who is better positionally. The table, just looking at a glance, is really misleading. Not to be confused with Kashima then, Kashiwa took an impressive win against Yokohama FC. Three goals to nil in this match and who else but Olunga. The Kenyan striker continues his impressive run this season and is absolutely dominating the charts. Easily the highest goal scorer this season with 19 and counting. Uh, looking at it, there are actually four other players currently tied in second place for the Golden Boot with 11 goals each. That is a huge margin for any of them to make up. A topsy-turvy time for Racel lately, relegated two years ago immediately promoted again and now they find themselves firmly in the top half but with very unpredictable results along the way. It's difficult to know which Racel is going to turn up this season but Olunga still remains their most important consistent. Yuya Asano, Shunki Higashi and Toshihiro Aoyama then 
Three players who helped Hiroshima on the way to thrashing Sagantosu and bringing their rivals crashing back down to earth. As mentioned in the introduction, they would have been hopeful of continuing their recent good form, but two goals in the first half for the home team made for a very, very comfortable afternoon for those in the bright purple kits. Game of the weekend then, Sapporo versus Sendai. This was a fierce meeting with periods of calm, bookending the carnage in the middle of the game. Anderson Lopez ensured the home team went into the halftime the happier of the two teams, but it didn't take long for things to escalate. Upon resuming the game for the second half, there were five goals in the first quarter of an hour. Two goals in three minutes for Guides flipped the script on Sapporo, who were punished even further just seven minutes later when Yasuhiro Hiraoka gave the visitors a third. After going in ahead at the break, Sapporo were in shock to find themselves suddenly chasing the game. But any reservations were short-lived, however, when less than four minutes after that goal, the score was level-pegging at 3-3. Goals from Lopez and Suga tying the match. A frantic start to the second half then saw both teams continue to battle through until the final whistle and taking a point apiece. The last game on Saturday then and that was the late 7pm kickoff between Oita Trinita and Shimizu S. Pulse. Shimizu who unfortunately couldn't stop themselves from a third consecutive loss in the league as they sank to a 2-1 away loss. That leaves them second bottom but again Two games in hand for Shonan below them means Espels would really have been hoping to give themselves a little more breathing room here. After the break, we'll rattle through the remaining fixtures from the weekend before a quick chat about Kagawa. Sunday then, and only three games to report on here. On paper, it looks like FC Tokyo moving up to second place would be the big story. However, as mentioned before, they've also played more games than their nearest rivals. So only time will tell how that works out. A less than convincing 1-0 win here against bottom place Jonan, who are looking in a fair bit of trouble now and need to scrape together some points from their games in hand. Elsewhere though, a single goal for Nagoya was enough for victory against Urawa Reds. And finally, it's four consecutive victories for Vissel Kobe, who won a hard-fought battle against sixth-place Marinos. The beginning and end of the game belonged to Marinos with goals in the third and 93rd minute. However, an early goal for Douglas, a penalty for Iniesta, and a goal from Furuhashi were enough to give Kobe a 3-2 away win in an interesting battle between two of the mid-table teams. Incidentally, Furuhashi is one of those previously mentioned who are chasing the golden boot, this goal taking him up to 11 for the season, and Kobe's current top scorer ahead of the Brazilian Douglas. Alright, that'll do for the roundups then, let's talk about Kagawa. Shinji Kagawa, or Kagawa Shinji, whichever way round you want to say it, is arguably one of Japan's most famous footballing exports. He's won two Bundesliga championships in the German league with Borussia Dortmund and has seen his current contract with Real Zaragoza end a season early. 
The Sun newspaper in the UK actually ran with the headline describing him as former Manchester United star. I mean, which is technically correct, but... Yeah, I mean, come on, Man United was a tiny part of Kagawa's career and his best best exploits definitely came during his time at Dortmund, where he controlled games week in, week out, pulling the strings in that midfield. Sadly, however, he has seen his career take a fairly quick downward turn and last season signed for Spanish second division side Zaragoza. Unfortunately... They announced on Friday that this too has come to an end, terminating the remainder of his contract by mutual consent a season earlier than expected. Kagawa, who is now without a club, and that is strange to think that he's a free agent and no one snapped him up yet, has stated that it's not what I wanted. I really regret having to leave unexpectedly. So he's now searching for a new club. Uh, It looks likely he will stay in Spain with other second division clubs hunting around to potentially sign him and it's understood that's where he'd prefer to stay. Either way, I hope Kagawa can find a suitable squad to play with because certainly on his day he can still influence games and pull strings in midfield. But with deadline day effectively upon us, I wonder if he'll have enough time to put pen to paper somewhere. Hopefully he will and hopefully he plays and continues to improve next season. Lastly today then, and look at this, we are 10 minutes in, we're flying through this week. I want to briefly talk about the very top and very bottom of the J2 League and Shikoku's impact there. So in J2, Shikoku have two teams, that's Ehime FC and Tokushima Vortis, both situated at opposite ends of Japan's fourth island and opposite ends of the table. One thing for sure is that there is a real community of solid supporters for both of these clubs. Although they don't drag in the high numbers of Vissel Kobe and other teams, they still have a very dedicated fan base, and you can see the impact of each club in their respective prefectures. Between these two, it's a tale of two fights, one for promotion and one against relegation. High-flying Tokushima first are pushing for promotion to the top league, and this weekend's draw against struggling FC Ryukyu, whilst not disastrous, must have been frustrating for them. Tokushima currently sit top by a two-point margin and are chasing being Shikoku's only J1 team. So why is this important? Well, Shikoku over recent years have really been making a push to promote themselves on all fronts. And there's four prefectures in Shikoku. You've got Kagawa, the smallest prefecture in Japan. You've got Tokushima, Ehime and Kochi down south. And all of them are, well, have been pushing to make a name for themselves in recent years. Not just in football, but prior to Corona, the tourism to Shikoku has started to soar and it was finding a niche as a place to visit, uh, especially even with Kagawa's Naoshima Island being listed in the top three destinations worldwide to visit in 2019. Connections to the mainland have been improving and having a team in the top flight would just be another feather to add to the cap in this already developing region. Understandably, this sounds like a, a bit of a stretch, like a bit of a reach. However, 
It is a culmination of all these small changes and achievements in the area here that have been really starting to add up. So Tokushima face a challenging end to the season, but eyes are on them now to try continue their good performances and break into that elusive top league. It really would be special for the area, and especially those dedicated fans. For the rest of Shikoku, however, it's a bit of a different story. As mentioned Kagawa before, uh, Kamatomari Sanuki is Kagawa's team and they sit dead last of Japan's third league with only one other team really anywhere near to them. I desperately love Kamatomari to stay up this season, but that's a story for another time. Imabari, uh, another team in Ehime, are actually faring much better in J3, and honestly, I want to dedicate a whole episode to this fantastic club. Imabari will end up settling in the middle of the table this season, but in future... I will aim to make an episode talking about the people at the club, showing you guys the fantastic support and stadium especially this little club have. If you haven't seen it yet, by the way, uh, Google Imabari FC Stadium. It's called the Arigato Services Yume Stadium. And you'll see what I mean. It's nestled right into the mountains. It's just a stunning place to play football week in, week out. And when you go see them, you are right next to the pitch. It's like going to watch a, a Sunday league game back home. You are completely, you're riding there with the players. It's really good. I wanted to mention though, Ehime FC. That's the other really big one in Shikoku. And they currently sit joint bottom of J2 on level points with Gunma and just edging ahead on goal difference. For reasons similar to what I previously mentioned, it is great for the area, in particular Matsuyama City, which I believe is the biggest city in Shikoku so for them to have a strong team they'll really be hoping they can cling on this season and progress a little bit further given the chance next season additionally Ehime FC are one of the few Japanese teams to have real support and enthusiasm for their women's team Ehime FC ladies I went to watch both of these teams at the weekend actually and although numbers were heavily reduced um Especially frustratingly for the women's game, they really reduced the figures allowed to go and watch them due to seating restrictions. Actually, for the women's game, all tickets were sold out. So, unfortunately, they actually went on to lose 2-0 to Vagalta Sendai ladies. However, it is clear that Ehime is one of those clubs that is really pushing both teams forward. And it would be a shame if they were to exit the J2 league. And also a shame for the ladies if they were relegated from their league as well because incidentally that team is also sitting rock bottom of the Nadeshiko league so things are really looking a bit bleak for them at the moment but there is still time to go yet and the development off the pitch and promotion of these teams is something that can hopefully work well in the future side point and completely unimportant after all of this being said but Ehime those teams probably have the by far and away the nicest kit of any club on Shikoku. Again, encourage you to have a look online and see what you think. So anyway, that'll do for this week. As we go on, I'm going to take a closer look at individual J1 teams and dive a little deeper into each uh, each team themselves, you know, who they are, uh, where they're from, what the support is like, the stadium, and hopefully anybody who's listening here and perhaps an interest in Japanese football, but is yet without a team to support. Perhaps if they like the sound of any of these that I go through, 
perhaps that can be your team to run along with. Uh, videos are also going to be coming to YouTube channel Japan Soccer Weekly early next year during the league's break. Uh, I'm making videos about different clubs, different stories, individual players. So there's plenty to work on and also plenty to look forward to. So hold on for those. It will be a while away, but it is coming in future. And that'll do for today. Have a great week, everyone, and enjoy the midweek matches. I'll be with you next week with another episode of Japan Soccer Weekly. Mm-hmm.